DeSoto was sunk in the Mississippi River nearly 500 years ago. 200 years later, George Washington got his first taste of battle during an engagement in the watershed over whether Britain or France would control the river. That skirmish started the Seven Years' War, the first global war, which Americans know as the French and Indian War. In many ways, the story of the Mississippi Basin since the end of the French and Indian War is also the story of the federal government of the United States. The taxes that American Tea Partiers revolted against were levied to pay for Britain's wars in the watershed. King George's attempts to control the pace of settlement across the Alleghenies was one of the intolerable acts of 1774, later cited in the Declaration of Independence. After the American Revolution, the one tangible asset the national government owned was the land west of the Appalachians. The first war fought by the newly independent United States was therefore to convince the resident Indians of that new political and military reality. The first road financed by the federal government of the United States was built to get to the watershed. The first civil works built by the Army Corps of Engineers was to improve navigation in the watershed. The first scientific publication by the Smithsonian Institution was a study of the archaeology of the watershed. The first request for federal disaster relief came from Missouri, after the New Madrid earthquakes on the Mississippi River in 1811. The first efforts by the national government to impose safety regulations on a private industry were the Steamboat Acts of 1838 and 1852. The Civil War was largely about who would control the lands west of the river, slave owners or free soilers. John Brown lost one son in bloody Kansas, before losing another at Harper's Ferry. And Uncle Tom's Cabin, the book by The Little Woman Who Started This Big War, is about a slave sold down the river from Kentucky. Ulysses S. Grant and William T. Sherman both came to President Lincoln's attention after their successes on the Mississippi River and the siege of Vicksburg was a major turning point of the war, splitting the slave states and giving undisputed control of the river to the north. After the Civil War, the struggle for the watershed continued in an endless series of small and ugly campaigns against various Native American resistors. The last pitched battle fought between Native Americans and the United States Army was near the top of the river at Leech Lake, Minnesota, two years before the twentieth century. Jazz was born in New Orleans, and Zydeco in the bayou. The blues originated in the Delta, while rock and roll poured out of Memphis, and bluegrass and country music trickled down the Tennessee and the Cumberland rivers. Cowboy tunes floated off the plains via the Red River, the Platte, and the Arkansas. The river had won Mark Twain, though it's worth remembering that Melville also wrote a novel about the Mississippi. 
River boats and pirates, gamblers and slaves, hustlers and landscape painters, loggers and catfishers, tourists and missionaries. It is a river of stories and a river of myth. It's Paul Robeson sitting on a cotton bale, Daniel Boone floating on a flatboat, and Paul Bunyan cutting trees in the neighborhood of Little House in the Big Woods. The oil industry was hatched in the headwaters of the Ohio, and the steel industry at Pittsburgh. The Rust Belt, in many ways, is synonymous with the Ohio and Upper Mississippi rivers, in part because the first heavy industry was building steamboats. Lead and zinc in world-leading quantities came out of Missouri, Kansas, and Arkansas. The river is still today the busiest waterway on the planet.